Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sipped. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. There's a touch of madness around here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to DDP Today, a show that's a little about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. My name is Justin, and tonight I am joined by two of my buddies. One I see quite a bit. The other one I've missed, but I just was able to record a Split Stays episode with him. So we've caught up, we've had a good time, and now we're rolling right into DDP today. So I'm going to start with my buddy that I haven't spent as much time with. Joe, how are you, dude? Dude, crazy amounts of FOMO the last couple of weeks, man. It's been crazy busy. Uh, lucky I got to jump in the one episode uh, last minute a couple weeks ago, but definitely missed recording with you guys, and it's great to be back. And super excited we finally got to record a episode of Split Stays and looking forward to recording the uh, next one within the next uh, few weeks here. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was a lot of fun talking about the poly and kind of uh, what we love, what we, we, we don't like so much, and well, how we feel about some changes coming to the poly uh, in particular. But before uh, we put that out there for the DDP family to enjoy, we've got to get into tonight's show, and I've got to go see how my buddy up north is doing, but he's not so far north from me anymore. Mike, how is it, buddy? Not anymore that much. Yeah, a little bit up north, just a little bit. Um, you know, just a I kind of told you guys the last couple of weeks that I had some good news. I had some job stuff pending and stuff was coming along down the pike. And uh, I, for you guys that are not on my Disney, on my uh, Facebook page, if you're not personal friends with me, I had an announcement I made and I started a job with the Horry County Sheriff's Department as an officer. So uh, I didn't want to let it out the last couple of weeks. I kind of knew it was in the works, but now that it's official, I'm on payroll and uh, uh, they kind of own me now. I'm kind of excited for that. Uh, these guys know that it's something that I've been looking forward to. You know, it's been a big change for my family moving down here to South Carolina. And um, to have a nice career and to work with some talented officers is going to be a fantastic job. Uh, law enforcement is something that I wanted to pursue. I started it off in my early career and then went into sanitation. But uh, it's how I want to kind of end my career. So uh, I'm excited for this. I'm excited for my family. I'm excited that uh, I have a lot of support from my girls and from my wife. So it's, it's going to be a nice journey and uh i'm looking forward to it so mike you're well, saying I, i'm sorry so mike you're no, saying that if, if you're in myrtle beach and you get arrested you may have a uh you may have a date with mike uh yeah <laughs> you'll, you'll get to know me really well no i've already decided since i'm related to him that i can literally just speed and do anything i want in myrtle beach from now on like i'm just getting away <laughs> with murder that's that's what i'm hoping for so. you can say you know um, a guy congrats know brother. a guy uh, well, both of you guys, man. I mean, Joe made a big announcement on the on split stays with his new job and his now, you know, settled in Florida. Mike's got his new job going on there. Uh, so congrats, guys. I'm so happy for both. I feel like I need to put applause sound in uh, whenever whenever we're doing these shows because I'm so happy for both of you all uh, and everything that's going for you. I know it's been stressful on you both. So now getting settled in makes me happy. And now we're all happy to talk about Disney. Uh, guys, Lots of stuff coming from the Disney company this week. Lots of great news, and we're going to talk about that more on the patron side. But we started to look at uh, Disney as a whole and Disney as a company, and we were talking about what we wanted to get into tonight with this show. And we started thinking about all the amazing relationships that the Disney company and Walt Disney himself has with 
companies outside of the parks and outside of the gates of the Disney Corporation and the influence that those companies have played in not only the building of the park, but the building of the Disney Corporation as a whole and how there's been this symbiotic relationship between uh, Walt Disney World, Disneyland, and these companies to create this magical place that we love to visit. And so tonight, guys, I challenged you all and, and I said, hey, let's each find three relationships with these companies that Disney took on, whether it be back in the 1940s and 50s, or maybe it's even newer in the past, you know, let's say 10 or 20 years. And let's go with three of our favorites that people can look for in the parks, because a lot of times when people go to the parks, they may not realize that the attraction brought to them or the show brought to them or, uh, or, or the decorations sometimes brought to them are brought to them not by Walt Disney World, but are brought by an outside company. So we're going to dive into this tonight. We're going to have a little fun, have a little uh, uh, conversation about these, and maybe get into just a little history, uh, something that you guys can go on a deeper rabbit hole and really see those relationships and how they were forged and the important relationship they played. Uh, Joe, I'm going to start with you. Any three you want. Uh, of course, there are tons of them out there. There are tens and hundreds of, of relationships that have been forged and broken throughout the years uh, with the building of Disneyland and Walt Disney World. But your first one, uh, one that really interests you and you want to bring to the DDP Today family. Sure. The first one is something that's actually, um, it's kind of recent because it's been announced it's coming back. It was put on pause during the pandemic uh, from a few years ago, but it's uh, Disney's relationship with Lyft. And uh, it's something that, you know, we use all the time in our daily lives. We use Uber, Lyft. I believe there's another company out there as well. And I was a Lyft user for a really long time. And uh, when I saw actually would come to Disney World when they were going to do uh, have special pickup and drop up spots for Lyft uh, drivers and vehicles, I was pretty excited because I could. That's the app that I used all the time. And when Lyft, uh, when Di the Disney company announced a partnership with the Lyft company, uh, it made it even better. And it dates back all the way back to 2017, and it was something that happened in Disneyland as well as Walt Disney World. And doing a little bit of research uh, for you know this, it seemed like the the Disneyland uh, folks who used Lyft. Um, I never experienced this, Justin and Mike, because when I went to Disneyland, I stayed at like the Hilton or the Marriott, and I took the internal buses uh, for Orange County or for Anaheim, and so I never really had to rent a car. So, but I know that if you go to Disneyland, that the Mickey and Friends parking garage or the parking areas are kind of far away from the entrance to the park because it's kind of like in, you know, Anaheim. It's a very busy area, and they had special drop-off points and pickup points for uh, for guests who wanted to use Lyft to get to the front entrance. It says sometimes the walk would be almost three quarters of a mile to a full mile. And uh, so that was kind of a welcome sight to uh, to Orange County residents who visited Disneyland. I know for Walt Disney World, the minivan service was something that was was pretty popular. It was a little more expensive than uh, regular Lyft uh, vehicles, but the fact that you had a trained Walt Disney World cast member there, the fact that you had car seats available, you had different types of vehicles. If you had somebody, if you had children with you, if you had uh, people, uh, guests with special needs, Disney had a, a full fleet of vehicles that would uh, be able to accommodate your requests if you needed to get to that specific resort or park a lot faster than using Disney transportation uh, or even if you didn't want to use your own vehicle, if you had a vehicle on property, you want to have a few uh, adult beverages or a few lapu-lapus, right, Justin? You know, you could take a lift home back to your resort. Mm, oh, yeah. uh, that would definitely be something, uh, you know, that would be uh, would be beneficial. But at the same time, Disney and Lyft did a great job with, you know, with the minivans and also with you know, the theming of them. We always talk about theming in Disney and Disney World and Disneyland and Disney theme parks. You know, the fact that, 
Disney is using mini vans, even though they're Chevy you know, SUVs, um, and they're decorated as Minnie Mouse with her polka dot dress. I mean, where else in the world are you going to see transportation like that, uh, you know, kind of themed to that extent? So it was refreshing to see a, and the most part is it was refreshing to see a company such as Lyft, which is a fairly new company based in San Francisco. You know, these rideshare programs haven't been around for a really long time, but the fact that they were partnering with a company like Disney that's been around for a really long time for Walt Disney World and Disneyland has been around for 50 and 60 plus years. It's just cool to see Disney take that, that next step into, you know, embracing rideshare and embracing, especially for us people who go to Orlando all the time, a mm-hmm. service that's different besides mirrors or besides, which is nothing wrong with mirrors, but that is something different, a, a viable uh, option, uh, you know, second option as well. So the theming's been great. Um, I think the minivans are awesome. I think a guest will be excited to have them back. And I think it's a great partnership that they, uh, they have. And I'm glad to see that it's coming back, that the pandemic didn't kind of put it away, uh, put it to bed for, you know, for lack of a better terms. And uh, yeah, I think it's, I think we've all used the minivans before. And I just, I think it's a very interesting relationship and I hope it lasts for a really long time. What are your guys' uh, thoughts about that? Oh, I, 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 I've always been an Uber guy, but when you have the opportunity to ride in one of those mini lifts, I think you just got to take advantage of that. I mean, I know it's sometimes you can get a little bit more of a deal when it comes to Uber, but the, but I like about the lift also for people that are using it, they have the car seats. You're almost guaranteed it. You're getting a cast member who's driving it. I think they have a fantastic relationship and using some of those car services has really been a game changer. Cause we know that sometimes getting around the parks can be a little bit iffy. And I think that relying on disney transportation the buses or sometimes the modern routes could be a little tight if you're trying to make that last minute dinner reservation using a lift is a great way to go yeah man i use literally i use lift on property more than i use any other mode of transportation and i have my car there a lot of times because it's so it's so uh invaluable to be able to just get on an app and be from point a to point b guaranteed you know, it's it's very fast. It's it's convenient. And here's the thing. I really enjoyed the minivans. And yes, they are more expensive. I would say they're triple the price. If you're going to do just a basic lift, let's say from, you know, Saratoga to um, to Epcot, you know, it's, it's probably going to be double, maybe triple the price to do a minivan. But like I tell everyone, if you can be guaranteed, like Mike said, to have a car seat if you need it, to know that you're being driven by someone who's been vetted and, and you know, it works for the Disney company. And also, once you get in, you have that level of service that maybe you might not get with some other Lyft drivers. You know, they're putting on Disney music. They're doing Disney trivia. I've had that where I get in and the Lyft driver's doing Disney trivia with us, you know, having fun. And it makes it an experience instead of just a rideshare program to go around. Disney is very smart with their their uh, relationships that they build. And the fact that they took Lyft on and, and kind of brought them in and not only said, hey, you can drive around our property, you can take our guests from point A to point B, but also why don't we go one step further and let's create this whole service where we have this joint you know, venture together. And not only that, we're going to theme it to where people are going to want to use this service because they're going to see it you know, going around property. I remember when it first came around, Joe, and you would see them because there wasn't as many as there is now. But you would see them driving, and I would go, "Oh, there's a minivan. Oh, I want to do that. You know, I want to do that." And I remember the first time we did, it was a game changer. I loved it, and it's just one of those things that you kind of put into the. I tell people, put it into your Disney budget because it really is a game changer for Disney fans out there. So I think that's a fantastic one, Joe. And the one thing that people maybe don't think about is, you know, 
for ride share, you know, it's nice to be dropped off at certain points of your location, you know, that you want to get to. Mm-hmm. But when you're using the minivan service, you get dropped off at the front of the Magic Kingdom where the buses are. If you're in a regular lift, you have to go to the TTC. I mean, a lot of people try to go to the Contemporary. It's kind of rolling the dice. You're not supposed to That's do that. I, do. I just jump out. I just jump out. Oh, you do. You I just, just jump like, out. Just jump out. Just right at the stop. Just let me out here. Just, just let, let me out here. here. I'll, I'll, I'll give you five stars and a tip. But uh, you know, but they give you, they drop you off in some prime locations, especially at the parks. So that is definitely a perk, uh, especially if you're running late to like an ADR, maybe at a, at a, at a theme park. So uh, yeah, that's kind of a, a benefit there as well. So uh, it's it's good to have it in your your tools of if something you know that hey, it's like I don't want to wait 25 minutes or whatever. You can get a minivan right then and there, and you can be on your way to where you need to go. So it's definitely uh, – I think it's a cool relationship. It's nice to see a current, modern relationship, and uh, that's why it was one of the the top of, of my list tonight. Fantastic. Uh, Mike, what's yours? Uh, my first one's going to be – it's actually it, – it's a sponsorship that really complements itself. I mean, when you think of the name, it's kind of like one of those names that just kind of goes with the actual product. So what I'm getting at is Dole and obviously the Dole Whip. Now, Dole was originally a sponsor of the Enchanted Tiki Room back in 1976 in Disneyland. Uh, That's where it originally started from. The relationship started in the Disney World Park in 1986 with the creation of the Dole Whip. And it's just one of those things, one of those names just goes synonymous with what it is, kind of like jacuzzi. You know, you know, you're getting in a hot tub. It's one of those names that it just it just kind of it, it kind of defines the brand and when you talk of dole mm. whip it's it's a dole you know it's it's that's that company name in that actual product um so that's one of my favorite ones i think the the actual company product name complements the actual uh item that you're getting and uh, that's one of my favorite ones and uh you know when you look up the top five snacks in disney world dole whip is the one you're always going to get Joe, Joe just proposed a question to me on split stakes because we did the Polynesian. And he was talking about Dole Whips because you can get Dole Whips at the Poly, right? And he was like, do you, uh, is it okay with you to have something like as iconic as a Dole Whip that you, every time you hear it, you know, like a, like, you know, a lot of other Disney snacks, you think about being inside the Disney parks. Is it okay with you, Mike, to then enjoy that snack, snack in other places? So, like, let's say you and I, Myrtle Beach, and we figure out there's a spot that does Dole Whips. We, we go there and enjoy it. Or does it have to be inside the Magic Kingdom? I think everything tastes better inside the Magic Kingdom. I think um, it's just one of those things that... Uh, it brings back a significant memory if you're eating it somewhere outside the park. Uh, kind of refreshes that, but I just don't think that they can always. I, I don't know. We we saw a Dole Whip place when we were down in Hawaii. You know, we were down at one of the mm-hmm. islands. Yeah. We were on one of the main trips where they're doing all the stuff, and they had a Dole Whip stand. And Sammy, of course, has had plenty of Dole Whips when it comes to being in Disney World, and she's had the one down in Hawaii, and it was the Dole Whip brand, but it wasn't the same. We actually had Dole Whips at City Field for a while. Uh, they were doing them, and um, they weren't that good. And it certainly wasn't the magical place of Disney World. So. Um, I think certain things belong in certain places, and it's nice to have that exclusivity of just having them there. Uh, having a having a Dole Whip in New York is not a wonderful experience. Uh, Did you I'll, go to the Dole? Oh, sorry, Joe. No, I, just, I just want to jump in real quick, Justin. I apologize. I want to say no, Mike, Mike was spot on. The, the only place to have it is I've had it also at the Dole Plantation in Hawaii, which they serve with the fresh pineapple. It's absolutely amazing. But I will say this. If there is a place that's outside of the park, some things can't be in they're not supposed to be enjoyed. They're supposed to be enjoyed in certain places. For an example, I'll give you a prime example. For years, I associated 
the grapefruit beer in Germany. Schopperhopper. Schopperhopper. You, you and I, can, can I stop you though? Okay. You and I, we've spent too much time together today, okay? You and I <laughs> are like like melded minds right now. Because here was the thing. When I started talking just now, right? I was going to say, have you ever been to the Dole uh, plantation in Hawaii? That was the first thought. That was what I was going to say. And then you you jumped in and you went, hey, I had one at the Dole Plantation Highway, uh, Hawaii. And then my example I was going to come in with of something I ruined for myself was that I have Schafferhoffers here at the house, and now they're not the same as when I have them in Germany. Because you can Joe, find them everywhere. The, you're scaring the bejesus out of Great minds think right? alike. I'll say that. But that's a perfect example where... You know, I used to only have that beer in Germany, and now it's like mm-hmm. distributed everywhere. You can find it at Publix and Win Dixie, wherever. And it's it's a great beer. It's very light and refreshing. I mean, but you could pound those all day, and it's fine. But it took away that specialness. So, like, I agree with I agree with Mike. Certain things are only supposed to be enjoyed in certain places. I will say the one ex- one exception would be the Dole Plantation in Hawaii, not on like the in the streets because they had the fresh pineapple there. It was absolutely amazing, but. If I were to be hanging out in Myrtle Beach with you guys or down in Charleston, I would probably pass on the Dole Whip because it's just it's not the same as being in Disney. So apologize for jumping on you there, Justin. But yeah, I wanted to at least give that example. Let's play a little game. What am I thinking right now, huh? What am I thinking about? I would say, I don't know, maybe you're thinking you're thirsty. Oh, I am thirsty. My gosh, Joe. I think oh, you know what's the funny be. thing? Are you thinking about Coca-Cola? Because I just had one of those Starlight ones. It was absolutely amazing. I don't know why, but it's just... Okay, I'm not a soda guy, but a really cold Coke is so good. It's oh, my gosh, brother. so delicious. Uh, I am thinking Coca-Cola. It's funny you say that because I... Look, whenever, you know I'm a Disney historian. Uh, I wouldn't say historian, but someone who loves Disney history. I, I absolutely enjoy it. And um, and and love the fact that look, one of the reasons I wanted to do this topic tonight was that these relationships did not come out of you know Walt Disney having a love for these products. They came out of a need, a necessity of Walt Disney needing these products to invest in Disneyland. I mean, when we talk about you know back in the early 1950s and even 1940s, Walt Disney knew that. There was two two great things that could come out of him creating these relationships with these companies. One, the general American public already had a trust of these companies. They knew that they trusted brands like Coca-Cola, Frito-Lay, stuff like that. Um, and so if you saw those in the park, you know, there's this trust and this brand loyalty that that people already have. And it kind of creates that look, if we're all shopping and we're walking down an aisle and we see Coke, you know, Coca-Cola products, we understand what they are, we know what they taste like before we even, you know, try them. And if you see an off-brand you never had, you know, you're probably going to pay a little bit more to have the Coca-Cola because you know what you're getting. Walt Disney recognized that. He understood brand loyalty and he understood uh, the American consumer and the fact of having these brand names inside of Disneyland and the importance it would serve in the future. So that was one big thing. But the biggest thing was Walt Disney did not have enough money to build Disneyland. I mean, everyone thinks of, you know, if you're not a huge Disney fan, you think that Walt Disney was just made of money and the guy, you know, left and right created just, you know, bomb hit. You know, he was he was winning Oscars. He was doing this. He had all the money in the world. I mean, he leveraged the company multiple times to to produce multiple films. He kind of put it on the table. He's the you know, he, he's modern day is Elon Musk. You know, when he talk about has created multiple companies, put all the profits on the table to create another company and could have lost it all and didn't. Um, and is now the richest man in the world. Walt Disney did that multiple times. He pushed all the chips to the center of the table just to, you know, fund these these 
projects where Roy would look at him and go, are you crazy? We're building an amusement park. That's what you want to do because you sat on a park bench and couldn't ride the merry-go-round with your daughters. Um, okay, let's do it. Where are we getting the money? And he knew the the importance, you know, he was already in film and television. He knew the importance of being able to get the product out to the American public through film and television. So he goes and he talks to all of these, uh, uh, well, at the time there was only three um, television, you know, corporations out there. But the only one that would invest was ABC. And ABC says, okay, I tell you what, we'll give you $500,000, okay? You've got to give us a weekly show, which was A Wonderful World of Color and then The Wonderful World of Disney. And Walt says, perfect, okay? Uh, they also got 34% of the enterprise, 34% of, 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 of what they were building with Disneyland, uh, ABC got. Because at the time, Disney does not own ABC. But that's still not enough money to build what he wanted for Disneyland and what he thought Disneyland would be. So what's he do? He goes and he goes to companies like Swift, like Frito-Lay, Pendleton, Gibson, Greeting Cards, TWA, uh, Eastman Kodak. He goes into all these places and he uh, uh, has them invest because he says, listen, I'm creating this magical place. If the public encounters your product here, they're going to have a positive thought about your product as well. And you're going to sell more, and there's going to be this great relationship between the two of us. And one of those, the earliest one that Walt Disney ever had, was Coca-Cola. I mean, Coca-Cola for Disney and the Disney Corporation um, is kind of that first step into bringing in these other companies. And that's why I think it's the most important one out of all the ones we'll talk about tonight and maybe all the ones that are out there. Because it dates back, you think about 1955 was opening date of Disneyland. This dates back all the way back to 1942 when Walt Disney first appears in the Coca-Cola radio pro program, the, uh, the pause that refreshes on the air. Um, and then all the way back to 1950, Disney uh, television special One Hour Wonderland is sponsored by Coca-Cola for the first time. So, Look, this relationship starts well before the the uh, Disneyland's ever ever you know the first bricks laid, concrete's laid, attractions thought of. Uh, this relationship has has lasted for you know decades and decades and decades, and still to this day we see Coca Cola everywhere in the Disney parks. This symbiotic relationship between these two companies has become so iconic and so uh, perfect, really a perfect marriage that they understand that they benefit each other so much that it never needs to be broken. And we've seen broken relationships within the Disney company. I'm sure we'll talk about some of them tonight. But for Coca-Cola, they understand that we need Disney, and Disney understands we need Coca-Cola. And the perfect example is, I mean, look, Coca-Cola going out of their way to create you know, the new, um, you know, the, the, the new bottles there for Galaxy's Edge. You know, they, they create certain flavors you know, for, for Disney in particular. It is such a great relationship between these two that it, 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 I really do think, and if you ever want to go on a deep dive, man, this one goes back years and years and years and years. Um, Coca-Cola for me is the most important uh, in the Disney company because it was the first. Yeah, I mean, you just, you just think of like American companies. I mean, you think of like Disney, you think of Coca-Cola. I mean, it's the same thing to do with like, you know, everybody knows like how involved I am with my wife with NASCAR and Coke sponsors everything in NASCAR. It's an American brand, and NASCAR is an American sport. And it's important to, you know, the backbone of NASCAR, just as it's important to the backbone of Disney. I mean, just think about how excited people were when they brought back all the, the international Coke products at, at, at Epcot. I mean, which I still don't understand, Justin, why they don't 
sell those at Epcot. Like there's some great know. international flavors, man. That like, I mean, imagine walking around with a bottle of Beverly. Yeah, that would be that would be brilliant. I mean, that would be absolutely amazing. Well, so, I don't know. Do you think there's like a trade? Uh, it can't be a trademark because Coke owns it. You know what I mean? But like, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't you be able to go a lot like going to like the M and M store or go you know like go in and be able to buy six packs of whatever these are like the, little six packs? The only thing that I could think of, and this goes back to my days of when I used to work at the border up in up in Canada, is I know like there are certain countries that have different laws about how things are made. So, for example, I remember. Uh, Mountain Dew. There was certain Mountain Dew that what was sold in Canada was different than what was sold in the U.S. because, I guess, of artificial sweeteners or something of that effect. So mm-hmm. for international yep. visitors out there, if you know about that, but I remember we used to have Canadians come across the border, buy Mountain Dew, and bring it back to Canada. So I don't know if there's something with we have. Maybe they can serve it in small spurts as, like, samples, but they can't sell it. I mean, that I'm not 100% sure. Maybe it's something to that effect. Uh, I don't know, but uh, that's the only thing I can really think of off the top of my head. But I would love it, man. I would absolutely love it if they sold some of those flavors. I think it was, that would be a huge success. But definitely, yeah, Coca-Cola and a Disney company, I mean, it's everywhere in the parks. They've 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 had such a a, a, a history. But think about everything. All the, the cups we see, it's Coca-Cola everywhere. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Coke store down in Disney Springs is absolutely amazing. Um, Coke floats. I mean, it's, it's an awesome it's an awesome partnership they've had for all these years. This doesn't have anything to do with the show. Have you ever heard of Mountain Dew Mouth? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never heard of this? So, <clears throat> all right. This is really gross. Um, okay. You can Google it if you want to right now. Is this, um, like, is this like meth heads? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So, so Mountain Dew Mouth. So, the only reason I know about this is my father-in-law just retired. Uh, congratulations to him. And he moved south. He's down here close to us now. I was up by you, Mike. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like 20 minutes from you. He, you know, Mike met him actually because we needed to borrow a tool from Mike while I was doing some work, uh, work there at his house. Um, he was a dentist for like 40 years and he was a dentist in West Virginia and he saw a lot of Mountain Dew mouth. So just so you know, Kentucky, like Western Kentucky and, and West Virginia and that area, Mountain Dew is made in that area. Okay. For a long period of time, Mountain Dew was cheaper than milk. And a lot of people in very rural, you know, hollers and they may, you're going to get some Kentucky out of me now, uh, hollers and, and, you know, uh, areas that are very impoverished would actually put Mountain Dew in their kids' bottles instead of milk because they could afford it. And you started to see this thing called Mountain Dew mouth coming out of that area in particular where it was a rotting of the gums and teeth. So I know this isn't a gl- – like, I'm like, Coke's amazing, Mountain Dew mouth. Um, anyway, so <laughs> I just thought well, – It's not, if you it's not go, a Coke product, you, though, so it's yeah, – <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, there you go. So if you want to go down a rabbit hole, uh, go Mountain Dew mouth. Anyway, but yeah, man, it's – look, you got Coca-Cola store there. I've never been in it. Have you ever been in it, you guys? Oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. If you go there at the right time, you get your picture taken with the Coke Bear, uh, the third – the top floor. Wait, the Coke Bear's there all the time? He's not a lot of time, but you can get your photo with him when he is there. I mean, I got lucky. I got my picture taken with him twice. Uh, Post-COVID, don't know how that's going to work. Uh, Almost Bucky is more exciting, which I do have a Bucky's t-shirt on, by the way, tonight. Which Patreon, guys, you will see tonight. Uh, It's a new watermelon version. But but the top floor is great if you get a really nice evening out. Get yourself a Coke float. uh, Hang out. Watch the people watch in Disney Springs. It's a lot of fun. Nice. Mike, what's your opinion on Coke and Disney? 
uh, and and Mountain Dew Mouth or Coke stores or <laughs> we can go anywhere with this. Well, thing. thankfully, I don't have Mountain Dew Mouth, so I, I'm I'm very fortunate <laughs> on that that respect. Uh, I do love I do love the fact of Club Cool. I, you know, there's quite a few times you see around April, uh, especially April first, see people say these these on these some of these satire sites. Oh, Coke is no longer going to be the sponsor sponsor of uh, Disney anymore. It's going to be Pepsi products and yada yada. You see people go crazy because a lot of people love the Coca Cola product, and obviously it's one of those April Fool jokes. You know. We, we get it. We see it every year. Um, Club Cool is one of my favorite places. I have a lot of fond memories of the kids drinking that. And I think Joe's right. It probably has something to do with sale because it's a free service. You know, you walk in there, you take everything. There's nothing you're paying for. Uh, so that's probably why they don't sell it. I wouldn't mind getting a to-go cup. You know, I mean, maybe a larger cup and put a cap on it. But I guess then people right. would be really taking advantage of it. Uh, but I would even pay for a to-go cup. You know, I would pay a couple of bucks for, you know, just some of those flavors are actually pretty good. And I'm not really a soda person. I don't drink a lot of soda. Uh, we tend to not drink soda in the house. Else, but I, I definitely respect and I, and I like the the relationship that Coca-Cola and Disney have had for a long period of time. You know what would be fun, man, is um, if the DVC lounge there brought those flavors into the DVC lounge. Sure. You know, that, that way you could awesome. go up there and, and try all those different. Yeah, try all those You're different not paying flavors. for so, it, right. Anyway, Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah, why not? It's right there. Um, Coca-Cola, amazing history with Disney Corporation dating back to 1942. Way, way back. Uh, way, way, way back. Um, that was hard to say. Joe, what's your next one, man? So I'm going to go with, um, I guess there's a theme to my, uh, everybody knows I'm a car guy, right? So there's a theme to, to my picks tonight. But I'm going to go with General Motors and Chevrolet. Um, growing up, we were a Chevy family. And uh, so I had, you know, my, my parents would drive Chevy Blazers and, and Chevy Suburbans. Well, I remember one of the, and this kind of goes into, this is why it kind of stuck out in my memory, Justin, was cleaning out my apartment in Virginia. I have a bunch of like random old Disney VHS tapes. And I remember one of my favorite ones to watch as a kid was the uh, Make Your Own Magic VHS. It was produced by General Motors and the Walt Disney Company. And it showcased Disney World probably in the late 80s and early 90s. But then it went into all of what General Motors and Chevrolet, General Motors, uh, and the world of motion attraction. And I watched that tape religiously. And it was one of my favorites. It's still one of my favorites today. And I have it still. So if anybody wants a copy of it, I will burn it for you on DVD. It's old classic Disney. It's awesome. But that between world of motion and then test track is some of my favorite Epcot attractions. Uh, I was sad to see world of motion go. Cause as somebody who's interested in transportation, the history of transportation and cars, I was sad to see it go, but test track is amazing. Uh, now that's sponsored by Chevrolet, which is the same thing. It's just General Motors is the parent company. But uh, doing research for this, I had no idea that Walt Disney's partnership with General Motors goes all the way back to the 1940s, where, you, like you said, Justin, that everybody thinks Walt Disney had all of this money and to build you know, Disneyland and, and, and to produce all these uh, motion pictures, that he would actually produce uh, safety videos for General Motors. And that would mm -hmm. help pay for certain things. I think that's absolutely uh, was absolutely amazing to, to to learn about that. But in the Disney World aspect of things, you know, since 1982, General Motors helped build the World of Motion Pavilion. They have given money towards uh, given money towards the Disney Company to when they refurbished Test Track, and then when they refurbished Test Track for the second time, and they rebranded it with the Chevrolet brand to kind of put that brand out there. Um, they, if you look at all of the vehicles around Disney property, GM and has a 
a relationship with the Walt Disney Company. All of their vehicles, their security vehicles, their maintenance vehicles, their the minivan service, they're all Chevrolet and General Motors branded. So that partnership has been there for a long time in the in the Disney parks in Florida, and it's going to continue on. Uh, doing some research, you know, again, talking about automation, that's the future of vehicles and, and electric vehicles. You know, Disney was going to start doing uh, some work with General Motors with, you know, having automation vehicles that were going to be going around property being automated that never really happened to fruition, but they were going to talk about maybe possibly doing a $600 million grant to develop automation vehicles. So besides sponsoring a pavilion, they have actually done uh, they've actually worked with the Disney company to develop alternative types of uh, transportation, either it be automated or electric vehicles. And I just think it's, again, it's a really cool partnership that is very American. And uh, it, it's just, hopefully it will continue to uh, you know, continue on in the future. Uh, GM and Chevrolet has been a staple at Epcot for since day one. And I really hope to see, you know, whenever they do the next iteration of Test Track or whatever that pavilion is going to be, that General Motors is going to be a part of that again going forward. I think it, it would be really weird to see uh, the Blue Oval or another company uh, have their vehicles on pop property. It's just, it's always been a Chevy uh, property. And uh, somebody who drove a Chevy growing up, that was my first vehicle. Uh, I would be sad to see that go. So uh, to the Bowtie Brigade, you know, keep going strong. So uh, GM is uh, hanging in there. Joe, you ever been to the lounge up above Test Track? I have not. No, it's fun, man. It's it's. There's not a lot up there. It's like a meeting space. Um, I went up there. Um, Mike, you've been, been up there, there right? Yep. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a massive space. They have uh like it's they have like one of the Coke machines where you can get some cokes, and they have uh Keurigs where you can get coffee and stuff like that. A lot like the DVC lounge, and then a massive meeting space. They can do weddings up there. They can do um all kinds of stuff. But they host um executives from GM. Uh, up there, Chevrolet up there, and they'll have meetings and and conferences and all that kind of stuff. But the cool part is, and Mike will attest to this, is when you leave, they give you this cool little lanyard. Uh, luckily, the guy who was showing me around had to had to go to a meeting, so he just handed me the lanyard. He said, "Please, please make sure to turn this in because uh, this is a very important lanyard." And what that lanyard does is it takes you in through the exit of the attraction, and they stop the attraction and they board you right away because you are a VIP of the company. Um, getting on the attraction, so it's a it's a nice little perk, isn't it, Mike? Yes, it is. I did that with the family, and I felt like I was the uh, like I was the man. <laughs> I said, I, and the, <laughs> if, and if you know about it, you kind of have to go around the back of the building. You got to knock on a secret door. They kind of let you in. Yep. So you know, when I had the arrangement to go up there, I didn't tell my wife. Well, I told my wife that I had a thing, and she's looking at me like, "Where where are you going? What are you doing?" And I'm like, ah, "Don't worry, I know a guy." And you know, we're knocking on the oh, back God. door. They let us in. We went upstairs, and uh, she's like, "What are we doing up here?" I said, oh, "No, no, it's good. It's good." You know, I'm we're supposed to be here. And then they gave us those passes when we left. And, uh, you know, I felt like I kind of knew somebody. Yeah, it's fun, man. We'll see if we can set that up for you. That would be awesome. Does that kind of where you, like, if you board, then you kind of pull see it. You can see the windows. All right, so where everybody else boards, and you're just like, yeah, I've already gotten on. Well, when you're in, yeah, yeah, yeah. and when you're in the lounge too, there's a big window up there. And if you're ever, when you start the ride off, when you first board the vehicle, and you're kind of going up the hill to the seatbelt check, if you turn Mm -hmm. around in your seat and you look behind you, you'll see this big glass window behind you. It's kind of a tinted window. That's where the lounge is, right back there. If you didn't Uh, know it wasn't there, listen, you're facing forward. There's no reason for you to turn around. But as you're going up that hill, if you turn around before the seatbelt check and you see this big glass behind you, that's the lounge. See that, and then if you walk to the other side of the lounge, it's a massive space mm-hmm. up there, massive space. Um, you, when you're walking up to Test Track, you know there's the track that comes around the front, 
and then you see all the windows kind of on the second floor. That's all open up there, and you it's like a big event space. And so you just overlook all of Epcot um, from up there. That would be awesome view up there. It's really cool. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool spot. Um, anyway, like you said, I mean, this goes this states back with Coke to one of the original uh, relationships that Walt Disney formed. It's fun to see how Walt Disney as a man understood that he wasn't just a CEO and you know uh, um, um, you know a, a builder a, a, a you know somebody who was just ahead of his time a creator a, you know he was a brand. Like he was the brand and he understood going to these companies that he could go, Hey, I'll give you me, you know, like I'll do films for you or I'll do television shows for you or I'll make appearances for you or, you know, I'll, I'll be here if you'll just let me come on and and be a part of of the Disney company, you know, so, so I can, so you can fund what I want to do. The guy was ahead of his time. Like now it's funny because now we see it and as weird as it is with like, TikTok stars and with like uh, Instagram and all this, the people who are doing it are the brand. Like they, you know what I mean? They're making money and they have these relationships with companies because they're the brand. Walt Disney was one of the first people to ever do that, to understand, hey, I'm selling myself kind of out to these companies to to bring in what I need to create the vision of Disneyland and, and this world that I want to create. And it's just it's amazing uh, relationship that you see with multiple companies. But yeah, Chevrolet dates way, way, way back. Um, Mike, anything you want to add? Or GM too? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I enjoy the ride. Um, as a mechanic, I love Chevy. You've made me a lot of money. Thank you very much for some of your vehicles. Uh, you know, they, they 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 do a good product. Uh, they're one of my favorite American car companies. Uh, I'm glad to see that during that whole era when the car companies were kind of having some issues back in like 2007, 2008, when some of them were going bankrupt and they were doing the bailouts for the companies, uh, they pulled through because I know they had to make a lot of cuts at a particular time. A lot of companies didn't make it. You know, Oldsmobile, Pontiac. Those were some, you know, some GM companies that kind of got the axe after all of that. And uh, Chevy pulled through and it's nice that GM was able to, you know, significant, you know, make them significant for the test track attraction. And I think they did a good job of that and they represent it well. A hundred percent. Mike, what's your next one? So, you know, we talked about uh, soda, you know, uh, Coca-Cola, my favorite thing to drink, and I, because I'm really a soda person, I'm, or, or some people call it pop. I know I got to get used to that. Uh, I hear that quite a bit down here. Who call, who calls it pop? I've heard people call it pop. No, isn't it? Is, I, I used to live in the Midwest, and, and I say Western New York, Michigan, uh, they call it pop. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just trying to include all of my DDP Today family. You know, I call everything Coke. Well, that's like what I said with Dole, right? Dole, Coke. Yeah. Okay. I just I don't know. I call everything that. Hey, Joe, what do you, what do you call um, the thing you push at the store? Oh, well, so this is the thing. It used to be a shopping cart. I did marry a South Carolinian, and I've been living in the South for a while. I call it a buggy now. I call it a buggy. We'll call so it a I, I've, 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 I've adapted. It's a buggy now. Do you know what I still do? Man, this is embarrassing. And the, Katie does it, too. So I'm going to throw a listen, the It's bus not too. embarrassing. I admit it's it. That I'm a cuddle buddy, so it, it's fine. You do. Well, this is this is the three of us talking. So when you have a kid, you start to adapt certain phrases and words, right, that you use when the kid's growing up. Well, then the kid grows up and they get older and they leave those words behind, but you and your significant other still use those words, you know, or those phrases. So we're out, 
one night not too long ago, having a good time with friends, all that. And I look at Katie and I go, I got to go potty. Give me another beer. And Katie's like, okay. She didn't think a thing about it. She's like, okay, I'll get you one. And our friends were like, what did you just say? <laughs> and I was like, I got to go potty. You know what I mean? And she's like, they're like, how old are you? <laughs> Even Riley now is like, uh, I'm going to go to the restroom. And I'm like, Katie, I got to go potty. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's still a part of my vocabulary. And it may be forever. So anyway, sorry, Mike. I didn't mean to interrupt. But it's okay. I, the more you embarrass yourself on the show, you can cut me off anytime. So <laughs> <laughs> luckily I don't have to go potty. Uh, but I was saying that, I, you know, I'm not a Coca-Cola person or a soda person or a pop person, whoever you want to, uh, you know, represent it. But I am a definitely a coffee person. And uh, if you've been to my house before and you open up my coffee cabinet, I have a large array of coffee. I have everything from um, Jack Daniels flavored coffee to uh, uh, Black Rifle coffee. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge coffee guy. I love coffee. It's one of my favorite things. I like to collect different kinds of flavors and brands. Uh, and one of my particular ones that I like to, co- uh, to collect, and I've posted it in the group before, is Joffrey's Coffee. I think they have a fantastic relationship, and they're a great coffee company. Um, you know, the first cup of coffee was actually poured in Typhoon Lagoon in 1995. That's where the relationship started. And it's over 25 years now that they've had a fantastic relationship. Uh, 19 over 19 kiosks throughout the parks. Uh, they have different drinks in different lands. Uh, you know, if you're over in Animal Kingdom, they have a specific drink. If you're over in Hollywood Studios, they have the Golden Age, which is a creamy passion fruit with a whipped cream and golden sprinkles. Um, cure eggs in your rooms. You know, when you're over in the, in the Disney, you know, if you're staying on Disney property, if you have a cure egg in your room, you're going to get the little uh, Joffrey coffees to go in there. And if you don't have the cure eggs, they have the packets. And I love taking them when I see the baby cart in the hallway grab that with some of the other you know hand lotions and stuff um so i love grabbing the joffrey coffee uh, they have a 50th anniversary blend and they've just had a really good relationship with uh you know with the joffrey coffee company and i'm glad to see it lasting uh, and i certainly enjoy a nice cup of coffee on a you know and a not so hot day when you can really kind of relax and just take things in in disney joe you're a you're 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 the joffrey's guy we were just talking about this on split stays mike um that we were talking about Joe's not a coffee coffee guy except for at Disney. And I I'm weird. I bring my coffee with me. Whenever I travel, I like iced coffee. And so I kind of make it in the room so it's ready for the next morning. Uh but Joe, when you're there, you're a Joffrey's guy. No, I definitely love Joffrey's. Um, you know, having iced coffee is something my wife and I like to do. We have our spots we like to go to. We go to to Revive over in Tomorrowland. Uh, get our iced coffee. We also hit up the Joffrey's Coffee and Tea spot over uh, outside of Tower of Terror. And, of course, we like the Kona blend over at the the Polynesian Village Resort. Um, being involved in some of the other podcasts with Resort Loop and stuff, who was sponsored by Joffrey's, um, I got to meet Chris DeMezzo, who's this, uh, I believe he's the CEO. I don't know if he's still there or not. I haven't looked it up. But fantastic guy. Joffrey's is a Tampa-based company. Um, so it is local to Florida, which is great to see Disney use a local company which is just up i4 you know to in their in their theme parks it's funny to drive around tampa and see joffrey's delivery trucks that's a little that's a little weird um 
but because you think like these large companies, but it's like this company that's based in Tampa and they, they supply all your coffee or most of your coffee needs in Walt Disney World. I like that they give you an option. It's not just the other company based out of Seattle. It's this local company as well. But uh, I like Joffrey's. I think their coffee tastes really great. We're not sponsored by them, but I like their product, just like Mike is a, a coffee aficionado. And uh, an iced coffee with a little bit of almond milk is something that Jen and I really look forward to. And I plan on having one this weekend. It's funny, man. I, I think that we see Joffrey's as probably Disney understood taking a local company and knew that they could, you know, before we were talking about how you had these massive companies, I mean, huge companies, everybody sees, here's Disney now, and they think, you know, one of the biggest corporations in the world. But back in the early 1940s and 1950s, yes, they were doing fine, but, you know, they were doing well as far as, you know, making movies, stuff like that. But coming out of the war, especially, they were really hurting that, Walt Disney had to sell himself to kind of latch on to Coke and to latch on to GM and, you know, these these corporations. But now we see Disney, I think, really propping up some of these local companies with Joffrey's. They said, hey, they could have went with Folgers or they could have went with, you know, these massive, uh, uh, you know, coffee brands out there. But instead, they took somebody based out of Tampa, based out of Florida, and they said, hey, why don't you come into the park? Why don't you be our official uh, um, uh sponsor you know a uh, uh, coffee and you know we'll put you in the rooms and we'll do all that good stuff and 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 come be a part of, of our corporation and it's once again it's this beautiful relationship now that they've had for all these years with like you said 19 kiosks all over the park with different you know they're able to to, to put out different uh, drinks wherever you are and i like stopping by every now and then we'll stop by a joffrey's and katie really enjoys some of the 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 like fruity drinks they do there because they don't just do coffees they do other stuff too and you can actually do some alcoholic drinks uh there has some alcohol added to to the beverages as well so we really enjoy it um i think joffrey's is a a really really good one um guys i'm gonna go to to mine my second one and once again i'm going to a company that screams american culture it screams uh the kind of patriotism and and you know america as a whole and when i think if you say What's America's eating habits like in most countries around the world? People, at some point in the conversation, this is going to come up. And that's the Golden Arches, and that's McDonald's, and that's the relationship that the Disney companies had with them and the partnership that uh, that began uh, years and years and years and years ago. Um, it kind of started with tie-ins with the Disney company back in the early 1980s when Disney would bring in McDonald's products into movies and shows um, that you know there would be like these little slight hints and 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 nods to the McDonald's corporation, but there was never an official uh, kind of kind of partnership between the two until a little bit later. Um, you really start to see a cross promotion when Pixar comes on board. Um, McDonald's jumps on board and and really promotes the Pixar movie starting in 1998 and goes all the way to two, uh, 2006. And then um, you know they the the one big thing that happened too was back in 1993. McDonald's signs on to promote the re-release of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. So uh, really, really big. And also, look, we don't see these restaurants in the Disney parks anymore. Um, But you used to. So there used to be McDonald's in the Disneyland parks. um, But also at Walt Disney World, you had Frontierland Fries. Um, it was one of the two locations there in the Magic Kingdom in Frontierland. And uh, in 2009, of course, changed to Golden Oak Outpost. Um, then you have the Village Fry Shop, which was the other location in the Magic Kingdom, rotated there in uh, Fantasyland. Um, and then the Refreshment Port was the only one in Epcot. And it was there in World Showcase near the Canada Pavilion. 
and you could get uh, fries and chicken nuggets and McFlurries, desserts, and all the good stuff. Um, you had Fairfax Fries, which was at Disney Hollywood Studios. Uh, they're on Sunset Boulevard. Dinoland USA, which I'm going to come back to because that's the most important one for me. Um, you had uh, uh, the land itself. The entire land is sponsored by McDonald's, and we'll talk about that. But also, just around Disney property, there was a location at Downtown Disney, which opened in 97. It closed in 2010. But the second location is still there, and it is over uh, near the All-Stars in Blizzard Beach. It opened in 1998. It went through a refurbishment in 2009. And I don't know if you guys have seen – look, I don't personally eat McDonald's. I'm not a fast food person, um, so I've never been in there. But I just – it's weird that we're talking about this tonight because I just this week saw a video – from inside of that location, and the technology that is in that McDonald's, um, the interactive walls and the things that are in there is really high tech and really cool. Um, where it kind of brings, uh, you know, brings McDonald's to another level. It's a huge location. But let's talk Dinoland USA, guys, because it's one of my favorite relationships that's formed whenever Animal Kingdom is built, and of course. Still to that day, they would bring in these outside companies to pay for these attractions or help pay for them. And when uh, Dinosaur is, is built, you know, the great attraction, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. Uh, it is sponsored by McDonald's. And one of my favorite things was I've talked about on the show before. When you are going through the queue and you're going down those stairs to ride, uh, board the ride vehicle, if you look up above you, there are three pipes running above you. One is yellow, one is red, one is white, and they have a, um, a, a chemical equation written on them. And that is the makeup, chemical makeup for mayonnaise, mustard, and ketchup. And that was put there as a nod to McDonald's, uh, and it still stays there to that day. So you can still see McDonald's influence on Dinosaur itself uh, whenever you ride. Now, this one I think, there may be one other one. I don't think each of, any of us are taking it, but... Um, we can we can talk about it before we end the show. This one I think kind of gives people the most trepidation to to say, should this be in a Disney park or should it not? Mike, should you see the golden arches inside of a Disney park or should you not? You know, I think it's like Coca Cola though. I think it's one of those iconic American brands that that's known for. I mean, you can go to a lot of other countries and see the golden arches. You do have a lot of world travelers and tourists that come to Disney World. Do I think it fits the story of Disney World? No, but there's a lot of other companies that I don't think belong in the park either. Um, I think that McDonald's is a food that a lot of people like and a lot of different cultures like. So I think it fits the need of the travelers. Um, I can understand why it would be in the park. Um, I like it that I don't see it. It's not, you know, there's there's not a McDonald's quick serve in one of the the, the places. Uh, you know, like you're not going to go to Magic Kingdom and go to a McDonald's quick serve. So I'm kind of glad that it's not in your face kind of thing. As a sponsorship, it's great. Having them on property, I think is fantastic. Um, because like I said, it, it's one of those things that, you know, some kids have picky eaters and that's all they like to eat. And I think that's, uh, it, it, it's, it's a, you know, it's iffy ground. Well, I think too, man, it's it's one of those things that gives a family of let's say five or six one day at Disney, if you if you know, you want to take a minivan over. Taking a minivan and getting food, you know, a full dinner at McDonald's for a family of six is gonna be cheaper than going on properties to most restaurants. So it gives you that option too to to go experience that. And like you said, a lot of people enjoy it. Um I will say this, I don't eat McDonald's, but my gosh. Those fries, dude, I don't know what they put on them or cook them in, but they are the most addicting thing on planet. Katie, Riley, Riley eats McDonald's all the time. She'll get a Happy Meal, 
uh, cheeseburger, no onion, extra pickle, hold the mustard. Um, and she didn't eat the fries, so I just munched on the fries because those things are beautiful. Uh, Joe, does McDonald's belong in the Magic Kingdom? So I will say this. <clears throat> on a previous show, I, 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 I don't want to be a hypocrite. I said that Starbucks doesn't belong in the parks. Um, but for some reason, I feel like McDonald's is okay. I'm equating, like Mike said, Coca-Cola with McDonald's. I'm equating you're in a theme park to like a fast food with burgers. Um, so I, don't, I, would, I wouldn't mind it as much as Starbucks. I don't want to sound like the big hypocrite, but I will say this. I actually like how the relationship is now. I like it that it's not physically in the Magic Kingdom, but I like it that there's a, a large location on property. I think where it is on property, um, it's kind of like fitting. It's in like more of the value area by the All-Stars. It's kind of like on the edge of property. Um, it's different. They took a basic McDonald's and turned it into this futuristic, you know, state-of-the-art solar-powered. So they, they took a... a they just didn't drop a, a McDonald's location there. They actually made it special and they themed it. So I actually like the way it is situated now, but I don't want to sound like a total hypocrite because I did say, I'm like, ah, Starbucks shouldn't be in there, but it wouldn't bother me completely. But I actually like the current version of it is now. I'm not a McDonald's guy either, but I am a McDonald's breakfast guy, like breakfast burritos or an egg McMuffin all day. If I'm going to the chair, an egg McMuffin is on my, my plate for my last meal. So. Eggs are the worst thing ever, ever made. They taste horrendous. Oh, I, I muffin is absolutely McDonald's. amazing. Ugh. Anyway, it, real um, quick on the McDonald's thing. If you if you want to yeah. just do a quick little Google search when you get a chance, look up McDonald's of New Hyde Park in Long, in Long Island, New York. It's one of the oldest, most extra like extravagant McDonald's you will ever see. If you saw that building in Magic Kingdom, it would absolutely fit perfectly in so many of the different lands because the architecture of the building, it's like this multi-million dollar mansion in New Hyde Park, Long Island. I, I used to work at the gym across the street from there. I work out of the gym, the UFC gym. And um, it's it's like a landmark place. So if you had that McDonald's in one of the parks, I could see it would absolutely fit it, the, the, the mold perfectly because it's just, it's a gorgeous McDonald's if there ever was such a thing. I just Googled well, it. That's it's amazing. <laughs> That's the thing. Well, there's a McDonald's uh, in Orlando, close to Disney property. It's three stories. Um, they have a pasta bar. They ha they do pizzas. This McDonald's does mm -hmm. this. So I I like McDonald's is stepping up their game in some places, not in ours. They're they're the usual just golden arches. That's it. And I wouldn't mind them doing kind of what they did in Dino Land because they had um, Restaurantosaurus. Um, you know that's that's a themed restaurant for that land. But they served McDonald's burgers, fries, Happy Meals, chicken nuggets, and hot dogs until 2008. So, like, I don't. That's that's okay. Like, serve the food. You don't have to put golden arches on top of it. You know what I mean? Like, it could still be McDonald's food, but it is themed to the Disney story. So I kind of enjoy that. So anyway, McDonald's um, still see it to this day. It's still still a relationship going that you can experience on your next Disney vacation. Uh, Joe, your third one. Yeah. So my third and last one would be, um, and like I said, this goes with the theme, but. Going to Disney World as a kid, as a race fan, the ultimate thing was to get to ride the Grand Prix Raceway in Tomorrowland. And the sponsor of it back in the day was by Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company out of Ohio. And if you think about it, if you go back to all of the old school dark ride attractions that were in Walt Disney World, they all contain those those speed ramps, which have a giant rubber belt on it. If you actually look at the speed ramps for the Wedway People Mover or the uh, uh, the ramp going up to the top of that attraction, it says Goodyear Speed Ramp on it. A lot of the you know, Haunted Mansion or uh, Peter Pan those attractions use the rubber Goodyear created those those speed ramps for those attractions and as a kid you know 
to, for me to ride in a race car as well. Sponsored by Goodyear on the side. I remember all the cast members wore blue and yellow, like Goodyear kind of like uniforms, whatever. It was like the pinnacle for me. And so Goodyear's been around a long time doing some research. You know, they used a lot of the Goodyear. Uh, they developed small special tires for those uh, attractions there for like the race cars that were on the Grand Prix Raceway, as well as the tires for like the monorail uh, that run along the track there. So Goodyear was an integral part of a lot of the uh, transportation and moving people around the, the Magic Kingdom early, in the early days of Disney World. Uh, now, as it moved forward, you know, Goodyear kind of dropped off on the sponsorship level. And, you know, when they built the Walt Disney World Speedway, um, that was built in conjunction with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and Tony George and the newly formed Indy Racing League. Um, they kind of rethemed the tomorrow the Grand Prix Raceway to the Tomorrowland Indy Speedway and kind of gave it a little bit of an Indianapolis IndyCar open wheel kind of uh, theming to uh, that attraction as well, where they, they kind of referenced the Brickyard and all that kind of good stuff while they had um, the Walt Disney World uh, you know, uh, race, the IndyCar race at Walt Disney World. Uh, at the Speedway there for those couple of years. Uh, so that kind of tied into that attraction. Um, when the race kind of went away um, and they stopped running races at the racetrack, that sponsorship kind of went away and it kind of just formed, it kind of fell back into what is now the Tomorrowland Speedway uh, and Indy kind of fell away. So, but for a while, there was a, a bunch of really cool sponsorships that meant a lot to me. Uh, like I said, you know, Goodyear and being a racing fan, I thought it was awesome. And then obviously, I love racing, any kind of racing ride, even open wheel Indy car. And somebody just went to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the first time last year and saw my first Indy 500. It was kind of cool, kind of kind of made a full circle in my fandom of being a, a race fan. So, uh, but yeah, love uh, giving a throwback to Goodyear and to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and uh, and everything that was the Grand Prix Raceway. I'm glad to see it's still fighting to hang on. The track has been essentially cut in half or three quarters. Mm -hmm. It's a shell of what it was. I'm super surprised that Disney has not gotten rid of this yet. Um, is it such valuable land in the Magic Kingdom? I will be saddened to see it go one day. Um, I think it's almost due. We're almost at that point. Uh, I'm probably the only guy who loves the smell of those little gasoline engines. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's still hanging on by a thread. But Tomorrowland Speedway, Grand Prix Raceway, that was my jam as a kid. And uh, Goodyear and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway definitely uh, helped make that happen. I heard they're going to build a Holiday Inn Tower right in that spot, Joe. They, so, they, um, they could so nice. with a drive-thru yeah. right underneath. Yeah, so. <laughs> just right there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, that's one of those relationships, too, that you could still see happening. I mean, if, if Disney wanted that relationship, it's weird because there are some out there that Disney feels that they're so important they'll never let go of. And then you see other ones where they kind of break ties over the years. And that happened. I mean, you look at go all the way back to 1955 and, and prior to where – Walt Disney not only said, hey, come in, you know, Coca-Cola and, and be a part of um, Disneyland, but also we'll give you uh, this many shares in the company. Uh, Frito-Lay, we'll give you this many shares in the company. And then over the years, as, you know, Disneyland became profitable, they bought back those shares and kind of took full control over the over the land. Of course, when, when they bought ABC, they took complete control over over the uh, the parks, you know, once they once they got back that 34 um, percent. But you can still see like Goodyear coming in, and you know there's certain attractions that they have, um, you know, tires, and and they could they could be sponsored by. So it's interesting how Disney kind of picks and chooses the relationships that it says, okay, enough's enough, and and you know we're kind of done with this. And then other ones they just say, hey, this one's too valuable to us, or there's, you know, it's almost like being married for 50 years. They're like, nope, I've been married 50 years. I'm hanging on till the end. You know, this is this is where we are. So, Mike, your opinion? 
Uh, I'd like to see, you know, if Chevy ever had to go out of test track, I think Goodyear could be a good fit there also, you know, when it comes to the tires, I think they'd, they'd make a good, uh, you know, maybe get back to that whole test track thing, you know, with, with the actual tires on rubber. I, I enjoy the old te- test track over the new test track. I mean, I've said that before. Um, so, but I, I think it's good. I enjoy, I, you know, as a car guy, I used to love seeing those, you know, the Goodyear brand on the belt, you know, when we would get on the people mover on some of the other, you know, the, the other move motion belts that you would get on, like you said, Peter Pan, or even uh, I think coming out of, um, I think you even see it coming out of uh, Space Mountain, you know, getting on that little people mover, you would see the Goodyear. And uh, I think at the end of Pirates, you would see it also. So I enjoyed seeing that as a car guy, just appreciating Goodyear because I've changed a lot of Goodyear tires in my life. So uh, I'm glad that they're having a good relationship with the Disney company. Nice. Mike, your last one? Uh, my last one's kind of a quick one. And, you know, me being a car guy, and uh, it kind of relates to this also, uh, the Alamo Car Company, you know, and I think I, I think I appreciate this one more often because I think, you know, Alamo being a rental car company and their perfect placement of their sign in Disney World is for the People Mover. You know, that's one of their their sponsors for the People Mover. And I think, you know, you're moving people around and you're, you're a rental car company. I completely get it. Um, Disney picked Alamo as one of those car companies to be the official sponsor because uh, Alamo is one of those companies that has the same type of motto and customer service experience that Disney strives for. You know, we always talk about how cast members make such a difference and how if you're a Disney cast member, you're just on a whole different playing field when it comes to customer service and and really taking care of the customer. And Alamo, as a car company, uh, as a car rental company, has the same outlook when it comes to dealing with the customers. And I think there's a nice complement of that. Uh, Disney picked up this sponsorship back in October 12th of 2010, and they've been going with it since. Um, They're one of the few car companies that... it's the only car company that if you're at the uh, car service center, you know, if you're having a problem, you drive down there with your car and you have something, they have a uh, location on site. They also have one in Disneyland, you know, at the, at one of their resorts. So they definitely have a great partnership with them. And, um, you know, Alamo is a good rental car company. Let me ask you guys this real quick, because my last one doesn't have anything to do with the parks. Um, does it ever take you out of the attractions or the stories of the attractions whenever you see presented by, you know, fill in the blank with whatever it is? For me, it doesn't because that that's what I grew up with. I actually enjoy seeing that it's presented by so-and-so. That that takes me back to – I remember seeing, for example, um, you know, Journey to Imagination presented by Kodak or, um, you know, uh, the Delta Dream Flight or any of those kind of things. Like that's that's – what I'm used to in the, in the Disney experience. So for me, it actually, I expect it. You know, when I started looking at some of these, when we were looking, you know, when we were talking about this for a show topic, I didn't realize how many were out there, you know, uh, and some of them are very, very subtle and some of them are exactly in the right place. You know, having Edie's uh, on the main street, you know, ice cream shop uh, makes sense. You know, it's not Ben and Jerry's, it's not Briars, it's, you know, Edie's and that that's the official sponsor, you know? And so I think some of them really complement each other and it's not overbearing like a Las Vegas strip where you're seeing nothing but constant advertising. Or if any of you guys, I'm sure a lot of you guys have been in the last couple of years to a major league ballpark. I mean, everywhere you go, there's signage everywhere. You know, you look out in right field or left field, no matter what ballpark it is, you know, usually the name of the ballpark is a name after, you know, some kind of corporate company. 
company. You know, we're not calling it, you know, the, uh, you know, the bank trust Disney world, which is good. You know, it's still keeping the magic kingdom name. So I'm glad to see that, but I think that they do a pretty good job of, of their advertising. I think if you go on, if you go on splash mountain now, you know, you get a, a Ziploc bag, you know, they, they're sponsoring the little things mm-hmm. to put your phone in. So you don't get your phone wet. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't have to be just for sandwiches. You can keep your stuff dry, you know? And so Ziploc's got their, you know, well, hand in the pot there and it's not overbearing. Yeah, they've, they've been, I don't think they've been doing that post COVID. I haven't seen the Ziploc baggies out recently. Um, I think they, I think they, I think it kind of blew up in their face when they were like, all right, we're going to do, uh, you know, how many 20,000 Ziploc baggies, uh, a day of, of plastic, you know, and in, in a Florida swamp area that's going to be, you know, dropped on the ground, stuff like that. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if they're doing that or not. We'll see. Um, my last one guys is something we really saw take effect this last two years. Um, it's a relationship that's gone on for, for a little while. And that is the relationship that Disney has formed with Advent Health, um, you know, the healthcare provider there uh, in Central Florida and kind of all over Florida. It, it that relationship has has really blossomed over the last two years as the two have needed each other more and more, um, you know, with with COVID nineteen and, and with the reopening of the parks and all everything that that the Disney company had to do in turn for that. And now we've seen it take a step up with the partnership where Disney just recently uh, back in the middle of last year announced that Advent Health is now its official healthcare provider of Walt Disney World. And I think that's a that's a big, big step. Not only that, Advent Health is coming out and they are going to, which Joe, you talk about Flamingo Crossing all the time. They're actually building a um, what would be a kind of hospital, like like a, a, an emergency center uh, there at Flamingo Crossing. It's going to be staffed. Um, you're going to be able to, through the Disney app, um, talk to physicians if you need to while on vacation. You're going to be able to have medications delivered to your resort if you need it done. This really takes care of one big thing that I think has been a glaring omission with a lot of uh, people that travel to Disney. Because a lot of people go with existing health conditions or you know maybe they forget their medications. I've done it. I've been there. Um, you know We've been there where... Right, Katie's been sick. I've been sick. Riley's been sick. We've been to the ER in Orlando on a vacation one time. Like it happens. Like when you're on vacation, that stuff just happens. And now the fact that you know maybe for those littler things, you're not gonna have to. You're not gonna have to branch away. You know from your vacation, you can just get on and and have the medications delivered, or you can do a telehealth. You know, kind of uh, um, a meeting with a doctor. Um, that, that relationship that we've seen grow over the last two years, I think is one that's really going to benefit Disney fans for a long time to come on vacation. If you run into God forbid something, you know, happening while you're there, um, guys, what's your take on this? I mean, you know, we saw Evan health. We look, I saw too much of Evan health, you know, when they were doing, uh, they were out there. They were the first people I'd see when I'd walk up to the parks. That's never what I want to see. I'm glad that they're gone now whenever they were doing the, uh, uh, testing, taking temperatures, you know, out in the 135 degree sun, uh, to see if we were overheated. Um, but I, you know, I do think this relationship that they formed during, during COVID and during the reopening of COVID, um, is a beautiful one. And I think that it's really going to have a positive, positive take in the future. What do you think? So as somebody who lives down, you know, the closest to the parks here, you know, guys, you know, Advent Health, they've kind of absorbed Florida Hospital. And uh, I know locally with Celebration Hospitals now Advent Health Celebration. So that 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 was like the, that's like the go to hospital if you're at Walt Disney World to go to Celebration Hospital. Um, I know that they have spent a ton of money between Disney and Advent Health advertising. 
during the pandemic, the precautions that they were taking. I remember driving down I-95 around the Daytona Beach area, down I-4 towards Disney World, even past it going towards the Tampa area. There was like a billboard every five feet saying like, hey, Disney World, we're taking these precautions like Advent Health, um, Walt Disney World. So they have definitely invested a lot in that relationship. You know, also as somebody who's doing Run Disney races, you know, they Advent Health is a very key part of those events as well, especially with the ESPN Wild World of Sports as well. So, you know, the last thing you want to do is when on vacation is to get sick or get hurt. But it's nice to know that that Disney World has an official partner that they deal with. So if you're at your resort and you get sick, they have a relationship with a major healthcare provider in the area that can take care of any of your healthcare needs. Now, there are other hospitals in the Orlando area. There's Orlando Health and so on and so forth. But the fact that Disney has an official partner should definitely make you feel rest easy that if there is some sort of situation, if you do forget a medication, if you do get sick uh, or your child gets sick on vacation, that they have that official you know, relationship where you can go and get that taken care of. If they have that new care center that's being built in Premier Crossings, that would be a huge benefit to be right outside the gates on Disney property um, to get that taken care of, you know, if you have any health care needs. So I think it's awesome. Um, you know, nobody wants to have to be searching around for a, a doctor's office or urgent care when you're on vacation. Your time is worth as much as anything else while you're gone. So that relationship is definitely going to be huge uh, in the future going forward. Yeah, man, it'd be nice to, you know, grab a Coke, you know, maybe a little McDonald's, take a minivan, check out the Goodyear tires on the minivan, you know, to go over to Advent Health Spot, you know, be good. Mike, what's your take? You, dude, you're you're the Tim Tillman Taylor with ERs, dude. You got you got this. You're gonna have a freaking flyer card, right? Yeah, uh, it's it's amazing how many times I've had to take my kids to the uh, hospital. You know, wherever we live, my you know my daughter having uh, severe anaphylaxis all the time. We've had to EpiPen her. Uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, and between her, my wife, my other daughter, uh, between that and cheerleading industries, uh, they're they're constantly constantly getting hurt. So it'd be nice that if we're on vacation, uh, knock on wood, while we've been down in Disney World, we haven't had to have the use the the centers yet. But I'm sure that day will come with the with the frequency that we go to Disney World. So I am uh, happy that there's a great partnership. Uh, you know, one of the other things that we, we talked a lot about a lot of sponsorships in this in this program, and there's quite a few that have come and go. You know, one of the ones that have that have gone away has been Kodak. Uh, Kodak was one of those film companies that sponsored Phil Her Magic. They filmed the, the they sponsored the Muppets. They filmed uh, they they sponsored Imagination uh, with Figment. So th there was some really good sponsorship there. But you know what? Nikon's kind of taken that over and they put up some Nikon picture spots all over the parks. And there's some amazing spots where in front of the castle, in front of Spaceship Earth, those Nikon's picture picture spots are great. They're really great for taking Facebook pictures and putting them on our Facebook page. And that brings me to my favorite thing every week. And that would be Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. It's time for us to get our Picks of the Week. Joe, what, we haven't seen you in a while. What's your pick of the week? So my pick of the week goes to our brother that is not present on the show tonight. It goes to Mr. Ooh. David Griffiths, and he posted a picture. Uh, it's him and his two lovely daughters. He says, we were in Magic Kingdom early this morning for breakfast at the castle. Happy birthday to my pr princess, Charlotte. And I don't know how he did it, but it's a perfect picture of his daughters all dressed up uh, in like their Cinderella kind of gowns and... um overlooking the castle with a beautiful like sunrise in, in the background so dave awesome picture happy birthday to uh your little princess charlotte and uh that dave gets my pick of the week happy birthday charlotte very cool great picture justin what do you got for me what's your pick of the week 
I'm going to keep it in the family. Why not? Let's just keep it in the family. And to our uh, one of our newest hosts, uh, host of DDP Today News, uh, Katarina Dupree. Um, she posted Disney on Ice, my first Disney on Ice show, and I absolutely loved it. Sophia uh, and Amelia loved it too, although Amelia couldn't hang for the second half. She'll get there. She'll get there. She's young. Um, yeah, uh, Disney on Ice is awesome. Man, she posted some amazing pictures. They got the swag. They're in the princess dresses. Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely love that you guys had that evening out as a family, Kat. And uh, definitely check out her show if you have not done it yet. Brand new show. Uh, Mike, you're getting ready to record the second episode with her uh, tomorrow, and that is DDP Today News with Kat, and she does a fantastic job going through all the news. How about you, Mike? My pick of the week is going to go to Faith Richardson, and people always ask me why we go to Disney and love it so much. This is why. Our kids are 11 and 13 in this photo. We aren't going to get many more opportunities to do this. We woke up to find this happening. They got up early and joined the Savannah View. No fighting, no electronics, no distractions, just being totally in the moment together. This is why we love Disney, and that is absolutely one of my favorite places to be. Animal Kingdom Lodge, looking over the Savannah, and you have a fantastic picture, and that is my pick of the week. I absolutely love it. That is what makes this community the best one out there is the positivity that is there each and every day through pictures and stories. And if you have not done it yet, go over and join our DDP Today uh, Facebook family. It's incredible. It really is the most positive Disney uh, place on the Internet. Uh, we love to see you over there. So make sure to go join there. If you want to support the show, want to become a part of the DDP Today patron family, click that link right below. For as little as $2 a month, you can become a part of the DDP patron family, have access to that special Facebook group, extra shows, bonus content, uh, video aspects of the show. If you join a, a certain tier, there's lots of different tiers you can join. Merch, guys. There is merch for the patrons, depending on what you join. Uh, so lots of great stuff out there. We appreciate you guys supporting us, supporting the show, and supporting what we're trying to build and keep uh, growing here as a positive, positive Disney community. Uh, we appreciate you. Also, right now, scroll down through. Make sure to check out Split Stays with Joe Q, my brother down there. Uh, he uh, does an amazing job taking you around D Disney uh, uh, properties, Disney resorts, uh, diving in deep to all the details that maybe you miss whenever you're on your Disney vacations. I talked a little bit about DDP Today News. That is out there. I will tell you this. Universal Unleashed is back. If you're listening on Patreon, you've got the first episode already. Second episode is recorded, and it will be out. Uh, I will be dropping those as well for everyone else very, very soon. So Universal Unleashed is back. And then coming soon, very, very soon, we've got the second season of Disney 8. And we're super excited about that. Uh, Away With Me Travel Show is coming back too, guys. So lots and lots and lots of DDP Today content coming out to you guys. Uh, that was our goal with the rebrand, and that is what we are striving to do. So we appreciate you allowing us to be a part of your Disney family. Last and not least, I've got to get my plugs in. Go right now. Click the link. Give us five stars if you like what we're doing. Give us that virtual hug. That's how we grow the show. It's how we reach more and more people. We appreciate you all taking the time to do it. We love you guys. Uh, um, and we you know, love spending this, this little bit of time each week with you all talking Disney uh, in a positive way. So with that said, guys, we've got to get over the patron side. It's extremely late. Uh, we went a little longer than we expected on this main show. So let's close it up. Mike, start with you. Uh, I'm excited to get to the Patreon show tonight because we are not sponsored by anybody except for them. So uh, we are sponsor free and I'm <laughs> nice. excited for that. And uh, I had a great time talking about this and there's tons more sponsorship stuff we can explore in the future. And uh, great seeing you guys. I love it. Uh, Joe. 
So great to be back. I'm sorry I missed the last couple of weeks, guys. It was a fun, uh, fun uh, show. And uh, I'm actually scrolling through our DDP Today thread. There should be a meetup this weekend because uh, the show, Justin, will be out before this weekend, correct? This will be out. Go tomorrow for patron and the day after tomorrow. All right. So Wednesday for patron, Thursday for uh, for everyone. So for this week, this year's uh, Run Disney uh, Springtime Surprise Weekend, our good buddy Anker is trying to uh, herd cats here and try to set a meeting time for us to all meet up. It looks like it might be either Saturday or Sunday around 2 p.m. I'm trying to find if it's Saturday or Sunday. Nobody's said it date but it looks like it's 2 p.m around the boardwalk date we will post something uh in that thread on the facebook page so keep an eye on it so if you are in disney world this weekend and want to meet up uh anchor is kind of heading that so we thank him for doing that and uh patreon standby you guys are on deck ddp uh today family go join that page as well ddp sorcerers running team um there's some big stuff coming out of that i just had a meeting with anchor and a couple other people uh not too long ago and um it's it's down the line but we're working to uh, start to work with some nonprofits locally there in the Orlando area to do some fundraising uh, for some of the Run Disney events to where we can raise some funds uh, just to dump back into these amazing causes like Give Kids the World and, and so many other great ones uh, there um, to, to try to, you know, create some joy and, and just do as much as we can to, to, you know, spread the positivity and the love that we feel. Um, so we're working on that and that will be, that information will be coming out, uh, as soon as we have that finalized and together, but you can't, Joe, you can't be, uh, with a better group of people, man, than, than meeting up with them this weekend. So it's, it's absolutely great. So with that said, um, guys, DDP today, family, we love you. Uh, keep, keep smiling. Look, keep, keep looking up, you know, stay positive. Positivity is infectious. Spread it. All right. Go out there, have some fun this week. Keep it positive. And until next time, we will see you real soon. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night. See you guys. On behalf of the Disney Dads, we want to say thank you. We hope you find a little magic in your life every day, spread some Disney love, and keep moving forward. And they all lived happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin, let the wonder... And that is a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.